listeners, we're Allison. And I'm Karen. And we love growing CPG brands. We're the founders of a digital and social media marketing agency, Umai Marketing, and creators of the Consumer Goods Growth Course, where we've helped grow dozens of brands to six and seven figures. We're former in-house marketers turned consumer goods marketing educators who've set off on a mission to provide CPG founders and marketers with actionable strategies that drive community and sales. We're talking real results. If you're wanting to learn simple, actionable, step-by-step strategies needed to drive real brand growth without breaking the bank or sacrificing your social life, then this is the podcast for you. Let's get into today's episode. Welcome to the Umai Social Circle, where we talk consumer goods tips to help business owners and marketers grow. We're Karen and Allison, co-founders of Umai Marketing, and we're being joined by Megan Martin and Sam Laubach, our new strategy director and creative director leading our branding and packaging efforts here at Umai. Thanks for being on the podcast today, y'all. Thanks, Thanks for having us. <laughs> yeah. How's your day been? Good. 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 Excited to have our chat today. <laughs> yes. We're talking Great. branding. Woo. Branding is so exciting. I'm excited for this. So, yeah. And honestly, we have partnered. We now have branding and packaging at Umai, but Megan and Sam have a lot to teach us as they are the experts. So, we're going to kind of roll through some of that and hopefully learn alongside of you guys. So, but before we start, we'd love to get a little bit of background on how you came into these roles. So, Megan, do you want to start? Yeah, absolutely. I'll kick kick it off. For me, I had started my branding career pretty much right out of school. I was working at a creative agency. And then after that, went in-house for a tech company. And then I remember working in that tech company. We were sitting in a meeting with a creative agency. And I was like, wow, I really would like to be back on the other side of the table. (laughs) Um, So pretty not long after that, Sam and I started freelancing together. And then we decided to go for it full time. And now we've had here now for the last five years and have built brands for lots of different types of businesses uh, and been able to work with clients pretty much all over the world. Nice. Yeah, that's such an interesting thought of like being on the other side of the table and just being like, this isn't right. This doesn't feel right. So glad you could get back onto the creative side, agency side. Yes, it was eye-opening for sure. (laughs) Sam, what about you? So I had some in-house experience when I was still in school. And then when I graduated, I had another in-house job. And I remember being like, kind of, I was, you know, for lack of a better word, I was unfulfilled with what I was doing. I was doing a lot of websites, a lot of like more digital work. And I remember I had, at, at, that, at that point, I think I had dabbled a little bit in branding. And I remember Megan texting me one day being like, why don't we join forces? And at first I was like, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how that would work. And then eventually we just, we went for it. And then the rest was history. Basically, we went full time. And five years later, our work's been featured in Forbes and Vogue. And we had a client on Shark Tank. It's been a wild ride, many twists and turns. And now we're here. Yeah. Y'all are just so creative and killing it. I love it. I mean, Forbes, Vogue, Shark Tank, that's, Amazing. How did y'all feel 
when those publications and media happened? Like, how does that feel? It's so satisfying. I remember the Shark Tank being like, I think like our whole, because we're cousins also. So our whole family knew, everyone was watching it. Like it was, it was a really big deal. It was very, it was very, very cool. Yeah. Shark Tank was probably the biggest because it was like TV, you know, we could actually watch it in, in real time. So that was probably the biggest one. That was, that was pretty awesome. And then the others were like media publications. So they're still exciting, but not as, not quite as fun as being able to watch it on TV. But sorry, I have to say like those, the sharks have seen your work. That is so crazy. Like, it is, that's it is so crazy. Deal. Yeah. It really Did, were is. any deals made? Did anyone, was it Mark Q who, mm-hmm. who, who made the deal? Yeah. Mr. Mr. Wonderful. Mr. Wonderful. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Wonderful. Love it. And now, I mean, we're so excited to join forces with just such an amazing, talented duo. Um, so let's give everyone a bit of a background on how we decided to just team up. Yeah, I think, you know, we've we've known each other for a while. We've we've worked with the same clients. We've referred work back and forth to each other for quite some time. Um, and then the conversation kind of started of why don't we see if it makes sense to just actually work all under one roof. And then you guys kind of brought that to the table and we were like, yes, <laughs> let's try it. Um, and it made a lot of sense. A lot of our clients, you know, have asked, how do we continue working? They, you know, on our end, it's hard to just give a client some a, a finished product and be like, okay, that's it. Um, and not be able to help them continue to grow that brand. So it made a lot of sense on that end to be able to, to continue you know, seeing how the brand can grow beyond just initial launch. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it just makes so much sense that the continuation of how the brand should look goes more into the strategy on how we continue to present the brand to actual consumers, um, whether it be retail or D2C, e-commerce, what have you. So makes a lot of sense. We're super excited about it. Let's now get into the nitty gritty and teach everyone your ways. So um, tell us first a bit about what's included in a brand strategy. Why is it important for brands to really nail that down? Yes, brand strategy is super important. Brand strategy is the why behind everything that you do. It's essentially the foundation of your brand. And it allows you to answer the questions does this does this make does doing this thing make sense for my brand? Does talking to you know this audience or or following this trend even make sense for my brand? Um, so that's where strategy comes in, and it you know what's included kind of varies depends on depending on who you're working with and what their process looks like. But for us, the process includes mission, vision, brand statement, uh, your brand essence or idea your target audience positioning and your unique selling point, and then also your brand values. So those are kind of the core things that we focus on on brand strategy. And then all of those allow us to then make the right decision for design and for the creative work. Yeah. And what does the brand risk if they don't have this at the beginning, if they don't establish this at the beginning? Inconsistency. A lot of things for sure. But I'd say the biggest is inconsistency. And that is the thing that everyone asks us for, right? They, that's what everyone wants out of their brand when they come to us is how do I create something cohesive? How do I create consistency across all of my, everything that I'm putting out into the world? And that's strategy is what an, it allows you to do that, especially that 
core essence of who you are, you know, that's what, what creates that consistency. And without it, you're going to kind of be guess, guessing a little bit, right? You don't have any filter for, again, that question of does this make sense? Yeah. And so a brand that maybe is a little bit down the road, like they've been in business for a few years and they think that they have that buttoned up. Is it ever too late to reflect back on it, to work on it again, to breathe new life into it? I would say no. I feel like you could, you really should be evaluating it. If not like every year, I, I would say twice a year, just making sure like, are we still talking to the same target audience? Like, has that shifted? Do we need to make any changes in our messaging? Are we staying true to our brand values? Like, you know, say you're launching a new product, like, does this even make sense for who we are as a brand? Or are we just trying to appeal to all these different people? So I would say it's never too late. Yeah. And if you really are kind of noticing those like cracks and inconsistencies, then uh, I mean, it's the same with marketing. Um, You know, we bring on a brand and we notice certain channels aren't making sense. The ROI is not there. We go back to the foundations and really think about the basics and, you know, what's really going to work. So same, same with marketing really aligns there. So tell us how new and existing brands can use their visual identity to really stand out in their space. I mean, you know, there's so many categories like ready to drink coffees and things like that, that, you know, can seem overcrowded. Um, So how, you know, can that brand stand out on on the shelf? I would say do a competitor analysis. That's like the biggest thing. And that's part of the strategy. And also figure out what makes you different. That's again, that big part of the strategy is like, how are you unique from your competitors? You know, is it your story? It honestly, it all goes back to strategy. Our design is so intentional that we don't do, we don't do any creative or design without making sure that it's like super, super intentional. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd agree. Strategy is really, it all comes back to strategy at the end of the day. And 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 your values again, it are going to help your unique selling point compared to your competitors and also your values, I would say, are your biggest points to refer back to when you're trying to figure out how do I how do I stand out um, and what makes me unique? Yeah. So standing out isn't just, you know, what's on your pretty packaging, what it looks like on the shelf. Well, that's a big part of it. There's a lot that goes on in the back end. And honestly, I can't tell you how many times that we've had discovery calls with people that were interested in marketing. And we say like, okay, who are your biggest competitors? Just so we can jog our memories, have a good idea, write it down so we can do some research later. And some brands will say, you know, like, we don't have any competitors, or we don't know who they are. And so that's honestly, it's not a red flag, because we're all learning, but it's a moment to kind of reflect and be like, you do have competitors. It's it's somewhere along the line, you have somebody that's doing something similar, um, unless it's completely new innovation. But you know, how often does that happen? So mm-hmm. that's a really good reminder to do that analysis and do all that upfront strategy work to make sure you stand out. So let's talk a little bit about trends in branding. We all see, you know, We see it a lot where a lot of packaging, a lot of branding kind of looks all the same because it's following this like super Gen Z trendy stuff that's going on. But, you know, it's cute and it's nice for now. But what are your thoughts about brands hopping on these trends when it comes to like their visual identity and their brand identity? Yeah, 
I think that's where, again, favorite word, word of the day, strategy uh, comes in because, again, yeah, I think and a lot of founders get shiny object syndrome as well, where they're like, oh, we like what this brand's doing and this brand's doing. And and as you said, you know, it's a trend right now, but is that going to last the length of time? And that's, again, we're coming in. What are your values? What is your story? What is what makes you unique? And then then that influences the design. So we're not just looking at the trends. We're looking at, yes, we obviously want you to look current and, and modern, but also beyond that, you know, what happens in five years when, when you know, gradients are no longer popular or whatever the current trend is, um, you have to be able to, to think long-term and, and think deeper than just, okay, this is pretty right now. I love that you talked about ingredients too. And I love that y'all dive that deep. Um, I recently had a conversation with someone in the keto space and their branding was all about keto and that was huge. And, you know, they probably made a, a ton of money once when keto really was like at its peak. But like if you go to Google Trends right now, it's like slowly on the decline. And now they're like, oh, shoot, we have to rebrand and rethink you know, not only our packaging, but our messaging and who we're targeting as well, because it's now not, you know, the biggest thing in the world. We've moved on. So it's just really huge that y'all actually dive in that deep to really consider things like that as well. Yeah. I really like that you brought that up, Allison, because Megan said gradients, <laughs> like color gradients. But gradients too. Right? But in, like, that's true. Really it's so true. Which it's, is it's so true across yeah. the board. Like mm-hmm. Megan, you said gradients. Yes, gradients. Yeah, like, <laughs> like the, the design. Like <laughs> yes, well, but ingredients well, too, because because it's a really yeah. good point. Yeah, because your your product your brand is more than your product as well. Actually, really good brands, the product doesn't matter. You know, the, the people go in. You see these brands that are super successful, and it's because they're selling beyond their product. They're selling something that people want to be part of beyond the product. Mm-hmm. So that's something always to, to we push our you know founders to think about as well as is who are you? What do you want? What do you stand for beyond just this product? Especially if you're starting new in a category this is kind of like an interesting place to be because right now, yeah, you might not have competitors in that category to, to Karen's point, but you will, especially if you're want you're first in your category because, and then they're going to come in and do it better. So how do you keep that expectation and keep your, your recognition and your own space, your own like lane in that category when, when you're no longer the only one in it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, sorry for not hearing you correctly, but I'm glad we got to talk about that as well. Um, <laughs> I, we've dug really deep into kind of the behind the scenes, uh, the strategy, the messaging, I, you know, and you did speak on shiny object syndrome. Um, but I really want to hear y'all's thoughts about the actual end product, whether it be the packaging or just, you know, their overall like typography, visual identity, things like that. Um, how can a brand really, uh, you know, execute their best visual identity? What, you know, what are the most important things? What goes on the packaging? Let's talk about really the pretty stuff. I mean, pretty packaging always wins. It's always going to. So I think it's just, again, staying true to who you are and all of those pieces are part of the puzzle of what makes up your brand. So I feel like you don't have to have the most 
interesting looking font. You can have a really simple, clean font, but if it's done really well and it communicates what your product is really well and people can understand what it is on the shelf automatically, it's like people don't want to have to work to understand who you are and what you're selling. Mm -hmm. So being able to communicate it in a way that's clear and looks really good, they don't have to waste any brain calories on it. That's the biggest thing. Mm -hmm. That is something I think a shift in packaging that is definitely happening. You know, having a ton of call outs on the front of packaging used to be so important and and that's how everyone did it. And now I think you're really seeing this change, this shift into just simplicity. Um, And it's interesting because, and it's a question we get a lot of, of what do I need to put on my packaging? You know, how many, how much stuff should I have on the front where it's, where it's visible? Um, And I think it really depends on the impact that you want to make. There's, I've seen brands that do really well that actually have literally nothing but their like logo on the front. They have no information about the product, but when they're sitting on a shelf already in category, you already have that context of, I know what this product is because it's sitting with these other products and it's in this place in the store. Um, so it's interesting. And I think it just goes back to strategy <laughs> as everything does. But um, yeah. It's... Yeah. I mean, we love that y'all are strategic minded. We um, just another anecdote. We uh, <laughs> back in the day, we uh, worked with a brand and their consumer was um, most definitely women who are 65 and up and they decided to rebrand they did not work with y'all even though we asked them to work with y'all they worked with someone else um not gonna name names it was a beautiful rebrand but it it had gradient actually (laughs) i'm pretty sure it had gradient i'm sure Uh, it it was it was going after the gen z category which is fine you do want to expand you know your user base absolutely um but it it just did not fit whatsoever. And it, we had a hard time um, really going after the actual consumers. It was, you know, a fairly new brand. Um, and that just, you know, goes to say, if you are going to work with a branding or packaging agency and you decide not to go with us, that's totally fine. But just make sure that strategy is equally as important as creativity with that agency. Um, otherwise you're kind of set up for failure down the line when you go to actually market, um, your brand. That was uh, a tough one. Cause we really did. We loved the brand so much and it was so fun marketing yeah. to this older crowd, you know, and they are purchasers. They have the money. They, they could buy whatever they want, whatever they want. And then it was like, oh, uh, okay. <laughs> this, such a shame. this isn't the same. Yeah. Wah, wah. But uh, yeah, that's, that's sad. Yeah. Um, Okay. Well, let's close this out with a big question that I think, you know, every brand really wants to know is maybe on their mind. What is the biggest mistake that you see brands make when it comes to their branding? Or we can talk about packaging. Um, Not adhering to your brand guide or style guide and jumping on every single trend. Because again, it's not going to be consistent. No one's going to know who you are. You need brand recognition. That's one of the most important things and brand loyalty and not adhering to your brand guide is one of the biggest mistakes you can make. Yeah. Can you give an example of that, Sam? Like, Mm -hmm. yeah. Say you're on Canva and you want to start using 
this new template and it's every other week it's a new template and no shade to canva at all i think it's a great tool but it's more of like when you're using pre-made designs that weren't designed for you with your brand and your fonts and your colors and even your imagery then you're designing these new things every single time and when someone's on their you know instagram or whatever and they land on this post they're not going to know that that's your brand because it's like oh this doesn't even look like what their brand looks like so we see it all the time and it's it's a shame as brand designers it's a shame yeah it's tough when especially if you've designed the brand <laughs> and all of a sudden you're like what are you doing yeah that's a big one mine would be similar but not having your core essence of who you are defined um and trying to piece things together or, or just again i think early stage if you're not thinking bigger picture you start thinking, I need a logo, I need fonts, I need a color palette. And you're not thinking about the full the full picture. And that's, again, where inconsistencies come in to play because you don't have that full vision defined um, ahead of time. So similar similar to Sam's, but more in the, the core essence of who you are beyond your visuals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we are all for Canva templates. Like use Canva templates, just upload your typography in your colors first, use the template and then, you know, click one button and it's your typography. I mean, that's, that's the only thing. Just make sure that you're actually using what your branding agency gave you. Yeah. And repeat them. I think that's the thing is again, it's the, oh, this is, we'll put a new template and a brand new thing and then something else new, reuse and repeat and, and create consistency because that is how how you get that recognition and you can keep using the same layout per se, or you can keep using same elements to create that consistency without um, changing it completely every single time. Yeah. I think that's a big thing that we say with marketing too, is that there is no need to reinvent the wheel all the time. And we tend to overcomplicate things as humans all the time because we want to be better. We want to, we want to perform better. We want it to look better but it's just a reminder that if your brand identity is strong and your visual identity is strong, then there is no need to reinvent it all the time. It's lean in to what was built for you with your brand and product in mind. So I love that advice. Is there anything else that you would like to leave our audience with in terms of, you know, a lot of folks listening have smaller brands, emerging brands, and if they have been using Canva templates and not following their brand guidelines, or they maybe haven't even started creating their branding yet, what would a big piece of advice be for them? Get really clear on who you are. What makes you different? And if you don't have a visual identity that yet, then pick you know four colors that you want to use for every single asset you create and stick to them and then choose one or two fonts and just keep it simple. I think when in doubt, just keep it simple. I think people overcomplicate it and it doesn't have to be at all. Mm-hmm. So, but I would say the biggest thing is get clear on who you are and what makes you different. Yeah. That would be mine as well is, is well, a little bit, a little bit more, but get clear on who you are. And, and also, um, who are you beyond? What are, what do you want to be known for? And what do you want to stand for? kind of beyond your product. Ooh, love it. I kind of want to like, I feel like everyone should ask themselves that too. It is. Branding is very personal and it's it's kind of like a person. Yeah. Yeah. Like it really is like a person. Mm -hmm. Get your brand like it's a human being. 
Love that. Yes. <laughs> well, all right. Thank you so much, Megan and Sam, for being here during this episode and talking about branding and educating us. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in. And we want to share something that we are now offering to an exclusive group of founders each month. We are introducing a mini brand guide offering for early stage and emerging brand founders at a very, very reduced price point. So you guys know we love giving back where we can, and we talk to dozens of founders every single month who have the same pain point. Their product ideation and development is super strong, but their branding needs a lot of support and guidance to gain consumer interest and sales down the road. So as mentioned in this episode, is the importance of a well-constructed and thought-out brand guide before you start on anything else, including your marketing. And that's why we're opening up applications for our mini brand guide to help you refine your brand's visual identity. We'll be taking on only three brands a month, and in only one week, we will help you define your brand direction, including color palette, type hierarchy, imagery use and direction, brand voice and examples, and strategic elements, as well as application mockups so that you can see this direction in action for your emails and social posts and all of your marketing. So if you'd like to apply for an exclusive spot, go to umaimarketing.com slash brand to learn more and apply now. And we can't wait to help you refine that visual identity. Thanks for listening to the Umai Social Circle, y'all. We're here to support you in your CPG journey. So be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any new podcast episodes. And while you're at it, please leave us a review on your listening platform of choice. Shoot us a DM at Umai Marketing on Instagram if you have any topics you want us to cover on new podcast episodes. And don't forget to access our free masterclass where we're showing you how to create a solid marketing strategy. You can access that at umaimarketing.com slash masterclass. And we'll meet you back here for the next episode.